Good morning. If uh, you have a Bible with you this morning, turn with me over to the book of Colossians. Colossians, we are going to look at this morning our um, passage, our key passage that we're going to be spending our time is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 down through verse number 8. As you are turning there, I want to uh, just read uh, something for you and um, just talk to you a little bit about our vision. If you look at the bottom of your announcement sheet, you will see that uh, in that half bubble or so to speak, that blue area, there is an aspect of our vision and it is strengthening the body. That was there last week and that is there this week. Usually when we speak of that, we usually tie that in to our connect ministry. And, and that is one of the key areas of how we strengthen the body or how we look to strengthen Christ's body, the church. It is through our connect. Uh, this morning we had another one of those um, aspects or another one of those areas. You may still smell the faint, if not pungent odor. Not pungent. That's terrible. Where is Ben? Ben's cooking was not pungent. Strong odor of bacon. I've got to work on my vocabulary. Uh, But uh, we did have men's breakfast this morning, and uh, it was a uh, great time to sit around a table and eat some very good breakfast food. But I want to draw our attention to one other way that we seek to strengthen the body. Let me read this for you, and then um, hopefully we'll tie that in. With that, here is what our statement on our uh, vision states about strengthening the body. Christ is strengthening the church as we are allowing the gifts given by the Spirit to flow through us. These abilities continue to strengthen weak hands, to make firm, feeble knees, and are given for the express benefit of the body. The church is maturing as a result of the gifts given to the body. Gifts of leadership, teaching, faith, service, helps, administration, and many others, all bringing refreshment and nourishment to Christ's body, the church, as individual members use their spiritual gifts for the edification of the whole body. That last phrase, as individual members use their spiritual gifts for the edification of the whole body body. I don't know how many of you, how many of us received Jay and Amanda's uh, updates or their newsletters, but uh, they sent out one uh, this morning. The Lemons are uh, members here of this body. The Lemons are a part of our body, but they are serving the Lord overseas. They're in Central Asia, and um, they sent out a report this morning And uh, there were a number of prayer requests on there, and I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer for our brother and our sister and our uh, that uh, family, the whole family with Karis and Braden and Lucy. So listen to these requests, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll get into Colossians this morning. The first request is this: Please pray for language. We are at the three month mark, and Jay already took his language test, and Amanda will take hers this week. Pray that uh, we would be giving, given opportunities to share what we've learned and to go deeper in language. Pray that uh, God would speak daily through His Word to us. We know 
He will because we ask, and it's His will. Pray for Karis. She has done much better in school, although she still has anxiety some days. Pray she will uh, finish school strong and that she would continue to pick up language at school and around her friends. Pray for Braden as he continues to make friends. The boys here are very rough and aren't as forgiving with not knowing the language. Pray that he continues to pick up the language quickly. Pray for Lucy as she will soon be preparing to go to kindergarten. There are cultural things that she needs to learn before going and pray the Lord prepares her heart for the situations that she will encounter soon. Pray for Amanda. She's been battling some health issues for the past couple of months and the medicines and the multiple doctor visits, they haven't been cured yet those issues. Pray for Jay that he would meet men in the community as he goes out each day that are patient and willing to talk to him despite his little language. Pray that he's diligent in learning the language. Pray the, for the people that God would have us to share with and that he would begin preparing their hearts for the good news. Pray for the month of Ramadan as it's quickly approaching. Pray for opportunities to share and for hearts that they would be enlightened to hear the truth. In a dry and weary land, please pray that we would measure our success by faithfulness and not by how many are accepting the truth. There is much rocky soil here. We know God is at work, but it's easy to get discouraged. Pray big with us. And a final request is pray that we would recognize the enemy's attacks on our family, and know how to combat them with His Word. Let's pray for them this morning, our brother and our sister, our family. Heavenly Father, I bow before You. God, we seek to strengthen the body. We we seek to see You strengthen Your body to mature, to bring along, to grow Your body. And Lord, we are all a part of that. If we know You as Lord, as Savior... We're a part of the body. God, we have close friends that are serving all around the world. Two of those, actually five of those, are from right here that we're praying for this morning. I pray for Jay and I pray for Amanda. Lord, I pray that they would learn the language in such a way that that those that live there can understand them, that those that live there would converse with them, would communicate. Father, you would give open doors day after day, that, Father, they would keep their eyes on you and they would measure their success in that hard country by their willingness to obey and be faithful to the one who is faithful always. Father, I pray for those three kids. I cannot imagine what they are going through. I pray for Karis and Braden that they would finish the school year strong. I pray for our kids here that they would finish the school year strong. I pray for the friends that they are meeting, the cultural changes that are going to happen and that are happening. Father, would you be with them and give grace. 
Above all, Father, we know whether it's rocky soil or fertile soil, that there the field is ripe for harvest. That you are working. Father, I pray that you would show them and you would show us where you're working in their city, in our city. Father, may we all know that there is an enemy and he is at work in our homes and all around us as well. Would we share the great news of your son? Would Jay and Amanda continue? Encourage them today, Father. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. I want us to uh, begin... Our reading in chapter 1, verse 24, and I'll read all the way through chapter 2, verse 8, as we'll spend our time there this morning. 124 and following, we pick up what Paul is saying to the people at Colossae, and he says this, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions For the sake of his body, that is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, to them, verse 27 states, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. And then he tells them what the mystery is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible, your translation may say persuasive arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as we taught, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This morning, I want us to look at this passage and these verses. And I want us to see arguments 
for you to grow. An argument for you to grow. For you to grow spiritually, there are some arguments that are laid out here by Paul to a church, a group of believers that he had never seen for them to be encouraged and to be challenged to grow. The first is this, facts are shown for believers to desire to grow. He says in verses uh, 1 and 2 there in verse number 3, he says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those that lay out of sea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He said, here's what I'm doing in my life right now. Here's what I want for you I am struggling, and it is a great struggle in my life so that you might grow. Think about that for a second. His next statement was, I'm struggling not only for you, I'm struggling for those that lay out a sea, I'm struggling for everybody who hasn't seen me face to face, for you to grow. I was thinking about that. It's one thing for me to stand up here for any pastor of a church of his body, the the body that he stands up in front of, that I stand in front of every single week to stand and proclaim and say, this is the gospel and here is how it meets you and it meets me. Because even though I don't know everything that you are a part of each and every week and that you go through each and every week? I know some. But just think, if there was a guy, if there was a pastor who stood up and, and he were to come and he were to stand up here on this stage and he were to preach, and the way that he got up here was because my good friend's friend's Cocker Spaniel's mate's vet heard him and said, hey, this guy is good. You need to have him come and speak here. And he just came up here and spoke. And you might have thought of his name. Maybe I've, I've faintly heard his name. But he stood up. Number one, if y'all knew I wasn't going to be here, half of you wouldn't come. And number two, those that, that was a joke. And <laughs> thank you. Y'all stay there, all right? And those that did come, you're like, I don't know if I believe this guy or not. I don't know anything about the guy. Yeah, he's saying some halfway decent things. Yeah, okay, maybe. And Paul's trying to combat that. He says, I know I haven't seen you face to face. Tell Laodicea I haven't seen them face to face either. But here, you need to understand, I am struggling. It is a great struggle for me to get this point across to you because you haven't seen me face to face. It's not like Corinth. He spent 18 months living amongst the people at Corinth. They knew him. He knew them. And he loved them. It's not like Ephesus. He spent over three years living with them and them living with him. And he said, I'm struggling for you just like I'm struggling for them. I love you and I want to see growth in you just like in them. And how do I know that? Because of the previous verse. 
Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present who? Everyone in Christ. Mature. It's a great struggle. And I know when I say that word struggle, I, I know what you're thinking about. Because I'm thinking it too. And it got me thinking about my backyard. My backyard. Yeah, it's a struggle. Keep my backyard. In my backyard behind the shed, there is a four-year-old. This is the fourth spring of a peach tree. I got a peach tree back there. And it's just one peach tree. And for three years, I have gone back there in the spring, and I have looked at that tree, and I have almost had to get out a microscope to try to find where there was a bud for a peach to be on that tree. And a couple of years ago, there were two. And I was like, oh, my lands, we're going to have some peaches. I got to step back. When I was 14, 15, and 16, I sold peaches. That's what I did in the summer. I sold hundreds and hundreds of baskets of peaches. And I think I ate almost as much as I sold. But I love fresh, key, fresh grown peaches. Don't like canned peaches, fresh grown peaches. And so a couple of years ago, I thought, man, there is going to be a couple of peaches. And they started growing. And then all of a sudden, I went out there one day, and they were gone. And I was like, what in the world? What? They were growing. And they're gone. And one of them was taken away, I believe, by a little girl. And one of them, we believe, was taken away by a squirrel. And I went out there the other day, and I looked at that tree, and there is 15 to 20 buds for peaches. And I was like, oh, if I can keep the girl and I can keep the squirrel away, watch out. Now let's talk about the struggle. It's a peach tree. If I go stand by that peach tree and I just listen, there is no moaning, there is no groaning, There is no struggle for it to produce peaches because it is a peach tree. It produces peaches because it's a peach tree. When Paul says this, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that you would be encouraged, that you would be knit together in love, that you would reach all the riches of the knowledge, of full assurance, of understanding of God's mystery, which is Christ. He's not saying, I am working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And man, this is, this is, he's like, no, there are a number of things that have to get out of the way for you at Colossae. For you at River Bend, for me, for us, to be who we're going to be. You were created to be like Christ. 
I got to get a squirrel out of the way for that peach tree to have peaches. I've got to fertilize. Right now, I've got to mow around that peach tree so it won't just be taken over. But there are a number of things in your life right now you've got to get out of the way so you can be who God has for you to be. It's a struggle to keep all those things out for you to, as Paul states right here, to reach all the riches of full assurance, all the riches of understanding, all the riches of knowledge, all the riches of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of the wisdom and of knowledge. Paul lays out some of these facts, facts for believers to understand, facts for believers to know, and he encourages these believers to grow. Do you understand all these riches? Do you understand full assurance? Do you understand understanding? Do you understand this mystery, which is Christ? As we were singing, I... Uh, took out my bulletin, my announcement, and uh, took out a pen, and I just started writing down some of the names that we were singing. You sang them. Sean led us. And it is a reminder. These names, this person, Christ, is a reminder of who He is. When Paul says... That He is all the riches, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. We sang that God is our healer. He is healer. I prayed for Amanda just a moment ago that God would heal her. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some in medicine, some in doctors. But might we trust in the Lord as healer? He is Savior. He is stronger. And the one that we ended with, or one of the ones that we sang, he is the one who rescues. You know, even if you know Him as Lord and Savior, there's still moments in your week, dare I say day, even hour, that you need Him to rescue you. He is treasure. Treasure for eternity, yes, treasure for today. So facts are shown for believers, for them to desire to grow. And so my question to you and for me is this, do you desire to grow? That peach tree was planted, that peach tree was created by God to grow and produce 
peaches because that's what's in a peach tree. That's what's in you to grow, mature, and be like Christ. Romans chapter 4 verses 20 and 21 state this, No unbelief made him, Abraham, waver concerning the promise of God. He waited 25 plus years for this promise. It was the heir, an heir. It was Isaac that he was waiting on day after day. God had promised. But no unbelief made him waver concerning that. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. It didn't say that he didn't have unbelief. It said that his, even in that unbelief, no matter what the level of it was, he didn't waver knowing that God was able to do it. There are days that you're going to be like, oh my land, God. Can I take another step? Is he out there listening to my cries? No unbelief made him waver. And what he did to grow his faith was to worship. This week I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Spend some time in John chapter 13 through chapter 20. Spend some time in Revelation chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 1, in Colossians chapter 1 and chapter 2 and see the pictures of Jesus and allow that picture to find its way as it did in Paul's way and those at Colossae's way to see that He is all the treasures. Because you and I need to understand that not only are there in this argument, in this courtroom, so to speak, of words for you to grow, there's also words spoken to deter or to sidetrack believers. Look there in verse number four. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and firmness of your faith in Christ. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Paul understands for you and for me, he understands this, that there are those that are going to be out there that are going to make arguments. And they may seem plausible, they may be even persuasive to lead you, to deter you, to discourage you, to sidetrack you, and he says, don't let it happen. I don't know how many times I've stated this, number of people that have come to me and asked for counsel in this or that, and I would say something along these lines. I don't want it to be me making the argument, because whatever I can talk you into, five minutes later somebody else can talk you out of it. I can talk you into something. If you are around me long enough, I can talk you into liking, loving, rooting for the the, uh, University of North Carolina Tar Heels. I can do it. I can talk you into hating Duke. 
I can, man. That, don't get me started. But five minutes later, you go sit down and talk with my friend Jay Lemons that we pray for. He can talk to you about loving Duke. I don't know why we're friends. He loves them. I hate them. So to speak. Words are spoken to deter and sidetrack Christians. You and I can be talked into a number of things if we are not rooted if we're not grounded in the faith, if we don't understand His Word, if we don't believe the promises of who He is and what He's done for us, do not allow those things to happen. I'm so thankful that I am not a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old going into a classroom today. Oh, the battle is raging. A lot of us look at it and say there's no hope. There is hope. I'm thankful for those young men, those young ladies who go in there and stand for the gospel, even against professors and even as peers are warring against them. Do not allow plausible, as I was reading it, I told you some of the translations are persuasive, arguments. And then verse 8, let me just define a couple of these words and we'll move to our final point. He states this, see to it that no one takes you captive. It means to, to put uh, chains around you. It means to tie you up. Don't allow them to take you captive. And it's not by literal chains or literal uh, rope, but it is by philosophy, by waxing eloquent with speech and vocabulary of saying words that you and I don't understand or thoughts and theories that you, you and I may not have looked at. Empty deceit according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Here's two options for you. One option is that you have this filter and it's called culture. And you take the word and you put the word in culture. And whatever comes out on the other side, all right, I can hold on to that because it's sifted through the filter of culture. Or... You take your world, you take your life, and you place it through the filter of the Word. One, say, man, there's some good nuggets there, and there are some good nuggets there, but the other is this, and is such that if you and I take the Word and place it through culture, culture is what is defining, it is what is moving us, and Paul says, don't allow that to happen. But take your life and let it be filtered by the Word, and when you do that, you will grow. Not according to Christ. Allow everything to go through Christ. A final is this, a rebuttal is voice to encourage and to challenge all believers to continue 
their walk. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. For all believers this morning, let me close with this. If there was a moment in your life, think back about it. Maybe it was a little while ago. Maybe it was decades ago. But there was a moment in your life where you stated, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to come into my life and I want you to save me. And when that occurred, you trusted Him for eternity. And on one hand, that's the easy part. Trusting Him for eternity. Because more than likely, you and I were told about the other place. Either we're going to go to heaven and we're going to spend it with Jesus and here's how you do that. You've got to trust Him as Lord and Savior. And if you don't, you will spend it away from Him in a place called hell. And then there were some definitions or some definings of that place. He said, I don't want that place. I want this place. And that's great. We don't want that place. We want this place. But, but what you need to know is what Paul is saying. The place, heaven, is not the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. Because even if we were in the place and we didn't have Him, it would be the other place. And He says, you've incur- you, have, you have accepted Him for all eternity. Now just take Monday and walk there, Brian. Just take Tuesday and walk there, River Bend. This week, walk. You've trusted Him for eternity. Trust Him for today. Colossae, you're going to go through all kinds of struggles. There are going to be people that want to put you in chains. There are going to be people that want to sidetrack you. There are going to be people that want to deter and detract from your faith. Walk in Christ. Father, I bow before You. and God, I know. Father, I know that there are those that are going to be going through the fire this week. I don't know what that fire is. Father, they may not even know what that fire is, but there will be those that walk through it. Walk through it at the job site. Walk through it at the house. Father, as they look at at the bills, at the bank statement, as they hear arguments from co-workers, neighbors, family, friends, spouses, kids. Or even as they hear the arguments inside, in between their two ears, seeking to deter, to sidetrack, to thwart your plan. God, I pray that every single one of us would again and again and again fall on our knees mentally if not even physically but definitely Father spiritually we would fall on our knees and we would cry out to you oh Lord Father would you rule and reign in my heart in our hearts when that storm when that fire comes this week 
Father, would we walk rooted, grounded today, making those decisions so that when the fire comes, Father, you would see us faithful. The altar is open for you this morning, ma'am, if you need to come and spend some time just praying to the Father. Sir, if you need to come and lift high his name on your knees here up front, you come. If you need to come and I'll pray with you. If you do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord, may you come and let me introduce him to you as we stand and as Sean leads us out as we sing. It's a hymn of response, a time for you to come and respond in worship to our King.